but Jesus is still the same. Amen. The book of Hebrews, chapter number 11, going to the 8th verse. When you're there, you can say amen. Amen. Hebrews 11, verses 8 says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country. Everybody say a strange country. Dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Verse number 10, I'm going to lift my title from the next few words that I'm about to read. It says, for he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. For the next few moments, I would like to preach on the subject, looking for a city. Looking for a city. If you would place your Bibles down ever so gently, but lift your hands to heaven. Let's pray right now and ask the Lord to help us this afternoon. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. We know that it is anointed. It is sharper than any other two-edged sword. I pray that you would touch my mind, that I can think your thoughts, touch the ears of the hearers, that they may receive with meekness the engrafted word of God. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen. One more time, clap your hands, give God some praise before you're seated. Amen. You can be seated in Jesus' name. The Bible begins with a story of creation. The Bible could have easily began with the Ten Commandments, but the Bible begins with the account of how God took chaos and began to organize it into what we recognize today as our world. I often wonder why God would have it that we would start with a creation story as opposed to maybe something, you know, a little more to the point like the Ten Commandments. But you have to remember that Moses, being the author of the first five books of the Bible, was leading a group of people out of captivity and slavery for the last several hundred years. And before, sometimes you can convince someone that they are free, you have to convince them that there is a power capable of freeing them. Yeah. Amen. And this is why the Bible begins with the story of creation. Because if you believe that Egypt owns everything, you'll never believe that God can bless you. Amen. And so it begins with this account of creation and begins to develop into the story of a man and a woman that we know very well, Adam and Eve, our father and mother in ancestry. And the story continues that they were to have uh, two sons. The Bible tells us their names were Cain and Abel. The Bible tells us that uh, Cain and Abel were almost the exact opposite. Amen. Their, their, uh, Cain and Abel's parents were the perfect match for each other, but... Um, Cain and Abel were uh, exactly the, the, they were made to essentially clash. And one of them was a farmer and one of them was a shepherd. And from this relationship between these two brothers, uh, something very interesting begins to unfold. And man, we see the first murder 
uh, it happens not between people who do not know each other, but it happens between two siblings. And this is alarming, but at the same time it's, uh, that it's alarming, it's also the situation uh, in our world today uh, that most of us has, have faced uh, the most uh, uh, terrible hurts from the people who are closest to us. And man, and the Bible begins to tell us that um, Cain and Abel, they, 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 in this relationship, we see that God was more or less pleased with the sacrifice that Abel offered. And he was not very pleased with the sacrifice that Cain offered. And we see that this birthed a bitterness in the heart of Cain. And this ultimately leads to his taking the life of his brother, Abel. And what I find very interesting about this uh, is not just that it was tragic uh, because it occurred within the same nuclear family, but that when God confronted Cain about what he had done to his brother, Cain simply said, am I my brother's keeper? Amen. And he seemed to be indifferent and to be desensitized to not only the fact that he had done such a terrible thing, but now he is lying to God and he's being dishonest with God. I want to feel, I, I feel something out today in, in, in Carson City. I, I want to ask you today, has anybody been battling? Amen. Have you been sensing the world that's been full of the spirit of Cain? Amen. Everywhere I go, I, I don't know if it's just me or if, it's, uh, if everybody else is feeling the same thing I'm feeling in the world. Uh, but people are angry and bitter. Amen. And cold. Uh, amen. I'm telling you today, I'm here to come against that spirit. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Uh, amen. What's interesting about Cain is that after he receives uh, his punishment from the Lord, and he has perhaps the strangest punishment I've ever heard of for committing a murder, amen, God says that vengeance would be committed upon him sevenfold. That didn't mean he'd be killed seven times. You can only die once. Uh, amen. But it means that seven generations down the line in his own lineage, uh, payback would come from his own seed or his own uh, lineage. And so he was basically forced to wait seven generations for that crime to come back around. Let me tell you something. Amen. Nothing that we do, we, we're not freed from the consequences of our sins without the blood of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why you need to be blood bought, baptized in Jesus' name. Because if you're not, that sin's going to come back around. Maybe not this week. Maybe not next week. Maybe not next year. But, but if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus, amen, where would we be? And so Cain is forced to wait out. In essence, he's put on death row by God. There was no prison system. And so Cain leaves, and he does something that has perplexed readers of the Bible for generations. The Bible says that he left and he established a city. Cities are an interesting thing in the Bible. In fact, most of the cities you read about in the Bible, though they have some element of glamour and grandioseness, most of them have ended up being in a, a pile of, of rubble. One of the first cities that we read about in our Bible is a city called Babylon, one that we know very well. The Bible tells us this group of people begins to build a tower. Their intention is to glorify themselves. The Bible says they said, let us make a name for ourselves, and they sought to build a tower to heaven. The Bible tells us that God was so impressed. I'm giving you my summary, my Spark Notes version. God himself was so impressed that he came down from heaven. It does not matter how tall mankind builds his skyscrapers, God still has to come down to look at what we're doing. Amen. 
God says, let, let me go down here. And he steps down and he begins to look at this tower. And I suspect he went something like this. Well, it's tall. Amen. Amen. But their heart was not right. Their intentions were, pri- were proudful, were self-centered. Amen. And the Bible says that God confounded their languages. And the construction of that tower immediately stopped. And man, that's the, that's the story of the first city we find in our, the, the first large city. What is it about cities that somehow they get to a certain point and they seem to all of a sudden become ghost towns throughout history? And then the Bible goes on to tell us man, about a city. Most of us know this one called Sodom and Gomorrah. The nephew of, uh, of Abraham by the name of Lot. One day he pitched his tent in that direction, and from a distance it looked great, and from a distance it looked appealing, and ultimately he found himself there. Amen. The big lights and the Broadway and the shows and the and, and everything you could possibly imagine. And most of us here today, amen. Um, almost all of us were born in a city. Maybe it was small, maybe it was big, but uh, I'm making a point here today. And if you would just bear with me. And so Lot is in the big city now, and he's left the wilderness, and his life is going good. But before it's all said and done, there was a group of angry, violent men banging on his door, demanding that they in the, that they that they take the people who are his guests and instead of instead of the guests lot begins to bargain and even offers his own children let me tell you something there is something that has gone out into our world that people will sacrifice even their children amen for a certain lifestyle they want to live amen amen and so they run for their lives out of Sodom and Gomorrah. And we know the story, but I'll just summarize once again. Amen. Lot's wife looks back because she can't let go of the city that she loves so much. And all of a sudden, she turns into a pillar of salt. Amen. Looking back is the worst mistake a child of God can ever make. Amen. Never go back. Never look back. Amen. Fire and brimstone rained down on that city, and Lot found himself back in the wilderness. Another city we read about is a city called Nineveh. This city was so bad, the preacher didn't even want to go there. (laughs) Amen. In fact, he paid to get on a boat and go the opposite direction. Amen. He said, no way. Not there. But let me tell you, it doesn't matter how wicked they are. God cares about cities. Amen. Amen. And so finally, but reluctantly, he goes to that city and he preaches. And even after he preaches to that city, he goes outside the city and he sits there and he stares at it, hoping God will still destroy it. Amen. Amen. I could go on and on and on and on about the cities of the Bible. But I began to, to, to really dissect what was going on here. And I began to uh, uh, come to the simple realization that they are flawed from their foundations. These cities, each and every single one of them, these man-made inventions, these ideas, uh, I mean, that come together, I mean, are flawed because the first man to ever establish a city was none other than Cain, the man who killed his brother. 
Amen. And I began to see what the spirit of Cain really was. And God began to show me something in his word. And I feel like I, I, feel like I got something to say to somebody here today. Amen. Why would the man, amen, who did not care about his own brother go off and start a city where people will be packed close together? The spirit of Cain is in our world and it's creeping up on our families and creeping up on our world and our cities. And the spirit of Cain would have people be close in proximity but hate each other. Amen. The spirit of Cain wants you to be in the same car and not talk. The city of the spirit of Cain wants you to live in the same house and not get along. The spirit of Cain wants you to sleep in the same bed and not resolve your issues. Amen. I rebuke the spirit of Cain in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus said, love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Who's the closest person to you? Love that person. Look around our world today. It's no coincidence, and it's not merely a factor of, po of population density that causes cities to be filled with crime, with immorality, with murder, with theft, with hatred. It's not just because there's a lot of people, but there is a psychological and spiritual reality that takes place when something happens. I know this might be a little unconventional, and I'm not simply here to say that if you move to the country and never live around anybody, you'll be saved. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is now the spirit of Cain has now been transmitted through the airwaves, and I look around us today, and it doesn't matter where you go. There's the internet. There's TV. There's the radio, and it's become contagious, and people, no matter where they live or where they're from, amen, they're close in proximity, but their minds and their hearts are frazzled and disconnected. Amen. Amen. I understand that we have roads and plumbing and water and food and trucks and, and trains and, and buildings and we don't have to do our own farming and all. That's wonderful. That's all well and fine. But we would do well and meant to recognize that there is a spirit that has gone out into our world and it's an old, old spirit. You can look around and then you can go to Europe and then you can see what was once metropolises, major cities filled with thousands of people and in a moment vanished and we have their coliseums and we have their temples and we, and guess what? You might go somewhere else in the world and there there's been one guy and his family raising sheep for the past 20,000 years. <laughs> Amen. Amen. He's like a 50th generation shepherd. What is it? Amen. And that's because the foundation and the concept and the undergirding of that city and the, and, and the very idea was birthed from the mind of a murderous man. And what I'm simply here to preach today is what Abraham had on his mind. Abraham was from a city called the Ur of the Chaldees, one of the most developed cities in the ancient world. It had gods upon gods upon gods. And Abraham one day, before he was Abraham, he was called out of that city. And God said, I'll show you a city. And the Bible says in our text that he began to look for a city whose builder and maker was God. What I'm simply here to preach to us today is if you haven't noticed amen put no confidence in man amen believe in God only amen because there's only one city that will ever be truly peaceful and that is heaven 
I'm tired of this old world. I'm tired of the pain and the problems and the heartaches and the murder and the violence. I know I'm in Carson City, but I live in Oakland, California, and every night I ask myself, was that a gunshot or a firework? I'm almost done asking myself, and I weep because there's been 2,600 shootings in the city that I live in, and I weep because in a city, I'm in a 400,000 people, and then the one thing that you can be sure of is who will lose their life tonight. But can I tell you today, I put no confidence in man. I'm done looking to politicians. The only politician I serve is King Jesus. How many opportunities has mankind had to perfect the city? Such a simple concept. But from the opening pages of your Bible, we can't get it right. Oh, if, if it's not one thing, it's another. If it's not crime, it's housing. If it's not water, it's land. Something will always go wrong. But I look up and I see a city. And then I can't see it with my eyes. But I see it with my heart. Uh, there's no housing crisis there. Jesus said, where I go I pre to prepare a place for you in my father's house are many mansions and then when you get too many people in the city and then they all have health problems but then I read in my Bible where it says and this immort this mortal body shall put on immortality and this corruptible body shall put on incorruptible when you get to heaven I'm telling you all the conceivable problems of the world are solved when you get to that city called heaven. Could you clap your hands? But we're not there yet. And until we get there, we have to combat the spirit of Cain. And how do you combat the spirit of Cain? Number one, you determine to love your neighbor. Let me talk about proximity-based Christianity for just a second. Jesus was teaching one day, and, and he said to love your neighbor. They knew the greatest commandment. They knew that, but then they said, well, who is our neighbor? And Jesus told the story of the good Samaritan. Uh, back in those days, a Samaritan was considered a, a social outcast, ethnically speaking. They were considered to be half-breed, less than. And the story goes that there's a man who's beaten Left for dead, robbed, lying on the side of the road. A holy man passes by him, looks at him and pays no attention. And this happens two other times, similar situation. And finally, this Samaritan picks this man up, takes him under his wing, binds him up, nurses his wounds, and puts him in a place where he can rest and even pays for it himself. And we understand that only one of these individuals was a neighbor. Now, a neighbor is not the person who lives next door to you. That's one definition of the word neighbor. Neighbor is the person who is closest to you in proximity right now. That can be anywhere. Proximity-based Christianity, there's some people who believe that if they don't pay attention and nobody sees them in that opportunity... They're not obligated to love that person. Let me, let me, let me, let me say something. It's, it, this, is, this is what the word of God teaches us to do. It says, when it is 
in the power of thine hand to do good. When the opportunity to do good is so inexcusably close to you and you push it away, that can become to you a stumbling block and a sin in your life. Amen. I know I wasn't going to get many claps on that one. Somebody help me out. But what's happened to our world is people have begun to be more disconnected regardless of how much social media we have. Regardless of how many Facebook friends and Instagram, I'm telling you, that selfie will be the death of you. Hey, man, you know why? Because people have learned to like likes more than they like love. Hey, man. And I understand we're all... I understand this is the world we live in. We have to confront these issues. But let me tell you something. Amen. We are so connected online, but we're, be we're becoming disconnected in person. And we need to combat the spirit of Cain in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Begin to restore. Restore the relationships with the people in closest proximity to you. Begin to ask God to help you to love whoever comes. Amen. In your bubble. Amen. Most of us are trying to get people out of our bubble. I'm telling you Jesus is saying get people in your bubble and love them and love them and love them amen amen I read in my Bible where where Cain he he this is this is the attitude of Cain Cain number one he refuses to acknowledge that Abel is his brother am I my brother's keeper the first thing that we have to understand in combating the spirit of Cain is understanding, amen, who we are responsible for. Amen. The first thing that we need to get a fresh revelation of is who we are responsible for. The world is teaching young people right now that you don't have to be responsible for anyone or anything, even your own actions. Amen. Young people have been disillusioned to the point where they do not even understand consequences. Amen. Amen. And how far have we come? Amen. How far do we need to go? Amen. What we need to understand is that we have been committing amen, sins of proximity. And God help us that we begin to turn from our ways and begin to rebuke the devourer. Amen. And confront the spirit of the world. Amen. The first step in combating the spirit of Cain is loving the people who are closest to you. Determined to love the people who are closest to you. Amen. That's not, that's not just the people you live with, but it's the people you see in the grocery store. Because wherever you go, you have a new set of neighbors. Wherever you go, you have a new set of neighbors. How do I become a better soul winner? Love your neighbor. How do I become a better... How do I become a better husband? Love your neighbor. How do I become a better sibling? Love your neighbor. Amen. Young person, your parents are your neighbor when you're... <laughs> Amen. Amen. We all got to live with each other. We all have to drive to church together. We got to go to the grocery store together. We have to go to school together. Number two, do good when the opportunity to do good presents itself to you. Man, I'm telling you, people have become so calloused uh, because uh, they have been squashing that voice uh, that says, do good. You have a chance right now. Pass out the church card. Yeah. Amen. And we've learned to just shut that voice off. And if you keep squashing that voice, uh, there'll come a day where you don't feel anything. You know, I, I don't like using myself as an example, but I'm the only self I have, so I have to. There's a lot of homelessness in, in, in my area, more than I've ever seen in my life. 
that I've ever seen. And it hit me hard the other day because normally it was just people who, for one reason or another, through bad decisions and, and, and trials, that they, they ended up there. Some of them want to be there. Some of them don't. It's, you never know people's story. But when I saw a child the other day running around in a park full of tents, homeless, it got me. It got me. And so now, you know what? When I see people begging for money, I used to think, you know, we know what he's going to do with the money. It's very obvious. You know, some of them have it on the sign. I need money for it. The <laughs> and sometimes you can kind of appreciate the brutal honesty. But you know what? There were times in my life where I just I shut it off and I shut it off. And, I, and then once I began to see what was truly happening, there are times, now this may sound confusing, there are times when I, 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 I just give them whatever is in my, in my cup jar in the car because I have to make sure I keep my ears open to that stuff because you can squash it and one day there will be a true cry, a true cry. And, and, and you won't hear it. Amen. And I know maybe that's not the problem per se here in Carson City, but I'm telling you, find ways to remain sensitive uh, amen, to the cry of a young person. All you may see is a look in their eyes. All you may see is a look in some single mother's eyes. All you may see is, uh, is someone, but you, you may feel something in your heart. Uh, amen, resist. Uh, amen, the urge to squash that voice. Uh, react to it. Uh, react to it. Uh, let God move you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because you know why? You may be the only real human being that ever, that ever, you may be the only real person who feels and hears and understands. And I'm telling you, in a world full of canes, be an able, be an able, be an able. Amen. In a world that's cultures, no matter where you go in the world, amen, there are cities that dominate that culture. Amen. Hollywood has dominated cultures in, all, in foreign countries and has begun to shift and, and change even the way other entire countries look at people. I'm telling you, we, are, we have been combating the spirit of Cain since the beginning of time. And, and, and it's, it's very, at times, disheartening to realize just how much, amen, has been infected. Amen, just how much of our world, amen, has been absolutely inundated with the spirit of Cain. But I'm here today at ARC because I see a group of people today, amen, who've determined, amen, to resist what's going on out there. I wish somebody would stand to their feet right now and say, I come against the spirit of Cain. I will love my wife. I will love my husband. I will love my children. I will love my family. I will love my neighbors. I will love my church. If you could lift up your hands right now. I'm about through preaching. But if we would again right now, let's bind together and rebuke and break the spirit of Cain right now. In every household, on every street, in every pew. In Jesus' name, we come against it right now in the name of Jesus. If the musicians would come, we're getting ready to have an altar call. And we're going to take back in Jesus' name what the devil stole. Amen. Saint of God. Saint of God. Amen. I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. But when I get there, I will not go alone. I will not go alone. I will take somebody with me. 
I see people here. Some of you have been victims of the spirit of Cain. Some of you have had the closest people in your life hurt you and hit you and cuss on you and lie on you and cheat on you. But you haven't given up on humanity. You haven't given up on people. You haven't given up on Jesus. You haven't given up on the church. The devil thought he had you. The devil thought you were going to be a victim of Cain until you died. But at some point you said, "Uh uh-uh, baby, I'm going to church. I'm going to go sit next to somebody. Because guess what? I got problems too. Amen. I'm telling you, the spirit of Cain wants you to hate people. The spirit of Cain wants you to be bitter and angry and jealous for no reason. All of us are wrestling. Cain and Abel represent the wrestle that happens within ourselves. All of us are capable of profound hatred and bitterness, but all of us are capable of offering up an acceptable sacrifice. The choice is yours. The choice is ours. I don't know about you, but I'm not looking for the next big thing in the world. I'm looking for the next big thing out of this world. I'm looking for a city with walls of jasper, gates of pearl, streets of gold, a river that flows tree with leaves for the healing of the nations. The lamb sitting on the throne, the elders, 20 and 4, bowing down, crying, worthy is the lamb. That's my type of city. I don't know about you, but I don't feel at home in this world. I'm headed somewhere out of here. You know, Paul said it was like this. Paul said, when you die body is like a seed which gets planted in the ground and you don't know what's going to come up when you plant a seed you don't know if it's going to you don't know if it's going to be a mustard tree which is huge you don't know if it's going to be a dandelion we have no clue we have no clue what God has prepared for us I'm, I'm trying to stir up a dissatisfaction with what we have here and I want, I want us to get to the place where all we want is that one city. And all we want about that one city is to take everybody we know there. God's looking for an Abraham to grab children, to grab family members, and say, we're going to that city. I'm not going alone. You're coming with me. You're coming with me. Saints to say, I know we got problems down here, but if we can make it to that city, let's lift our hands. Let's pray right now in Jesus' name. I open up these altars. Uh, amen. If you are if you are wanting to go to that city whose builder and maker is God, I open up these altars right now. If you've been wrestling with the spirit of Cain in your home, if the devil has been has been using the awkward deafening silence in your marriage uh, to make you bitter and angry if you find yourself uh, angry with your parents uh, wrestling with the spirit of Cain young person find a way to get a hold of God oh 
I pray right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, as the musicians sing, amen, reach out to God. Look for a city. Amen. Some of us, uh, hallelujah, we've been there, we've done that. Uh, but now it's time to rescue somebody from the same spirit uh, that almost took you out. Uh, it's time to rescue somebody from the same fire that almost took you out. Uh, amen. You may have been hooked on drugs, uh, but now it's time to find somebody, amen, who's hooked on drugs uh, and be a vessel to them. Uh, amen. Let's pray right now. Let's ask the Lord to help us in Jesus' name.